all welcome, whether you've got here by accident or merely hatched here, or were kidnapped and being held for hostage. You've come to Fishing Without Bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations, where we help people explode into their lives through full impact mindfulness. If you're welcome nowhere else, you're welcome here. There's no admission fee, only the honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness to try. Good day, my friends. I'm Jim Ellermeyer. I'm a behavioral health therapist, and as usual, we offer an eclectic roster of guests, and quite often what we like to do is catch up with some of our favorite guests from the past, and one of those people happened to be Mr. Brian Crawford. Brian, it's been a while. Don't let them fool you. I'm being held hostage. Help. (laughs) No, I'm happy to be here. So uh, catch us up a little bit. The last time we got together, uh, one of the lines that I use, and I've stolen it, and I I have to say I haven't given you credit, although I will today, is like live your life like a tourist. And uh, the last time we got together, you were involved in putting together uh, a museum type of concept. Yeah, we launched. Uh, that was right. That was right before we launched. So it's been last time I was on the show it would have been before the middle of November, uh, sometime. So it's been over a year, and uh, yeah, it's 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 done well in some areas. Uh, we haven't been. It's kind of tricky. We're moving. We're we're changing directions. Um, not really changing directions, but we're modifying. Uh, one of the things that I really wanted was like a subscription membership service instead of the cards that we gave out at the party. Yes. Main reason why is we don't have any employees and I work a full-time job overnight. So the, uh, the idea of keeping up with retention of, of membership and encouraging people to give support again and again is just not really realistic until we get employees if we ever do. So the uh, the subscription service, people, their memberships will automatically renew. So that's going to be a big game changer for us. So could you give uh, our listeners a little idea of the concept of this? PGH Museums, it was not at the time of, of our last meeting, but it is now a 501c3. So it's a nonprofit organization that supports museums and galleries and uh, historic sites and things like that throughout southwestern Pennsylvania. Uh, we have a massive directory of more than 400 museums, galleries, and historic places. And uh, we also have a giant event calendar that just has like a ton of different events on there from all over. And a, uh, a blog where we mostly post press releases uh, of things going on at, at museums. And then we do our own content with uh, video documentaries. We have a podcast. And uh, eventually we'll have our own original blog content as well. Um but what's cool about it is, yes, we, we highlight stuff that the Carnegie's doing and the uh, Heinz History Center. But we also highlight the Rebecca B. Haddon Stonehouse Museum, and we highlight Bushy Run, and we highlight, um, you know, well, now that I didn't know about them till the other day, but Thought Robbers Gallery right over uh, in the West End. So we highlight, we highlight private and public groups small independently run galleries to giant museums with endowments there's no money is no no factor in what we'll cover if you send us the information we'll put it out there our objective with the website was to give everybody an equal opportunity to get publicity because a lot of these places are uh, they don't have the resources they're run by volunteers 
they, uh, they, they don't have any money, they don't have an endowment. So we wanted to create a place that could be a bridge for more, I guess, younger people. I mean, it, it, older people can, you know, utilize it as well. But younger people, they don't, you know, a lot of these people, they've never even seen a phone book before. So if you have this giant online directory, that's a, a resource that people who don't know how to exist outside of the internet can find these places. Too. And our listeners are always looking at ways to change their lives and different things and to be creative and use imagination. So just to give everyone a bit of where we're at, we're sitting in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and hopefully we're winding down at the end of a uh, the COVID pandemic that has kept uh, most of us captive for the last talking about holding hostage, (laughs) keeping us captive for about the last 14 or 15 months. So the zeitgeist, the the mood, the general aura of America, and particularly this area, uh, has not been one for entrepreneurial blossoming. Uh, And many people have uh, been dealing with that particular aspect of their lives. And Brian, keeping in mind that this... This magnificent podcast of ours goes all over the world, other universes, and to all ships at sea. Uh, tell us about how this affected you. Um, well, a few different things. First off, for for your people who are watching from all over the world, the pandemic's the perfect time to check out PGH Museums because there are a lot of really fascinating lectures that a lot of these places have been putting out that are online only, so you can ex- you know experience them from all over. Um, for me, it, it was just kind of like a coming together of, of all sorts of different um, interests of mine. Um, I, I dealt with more music in, in my previous um, adventure. And honestly, I'm, I'm much more interested in, personally, I'm much more interested in history uh, and culture. Um, so it was something I love to talk about, something I'm fascinated with, especially like the Seven Years' War, which was really in many ways, the, the true First World War, as there was actually fighting on every continent in the, uh, the world uh, during the Seven Years' War. Well, that war started in Fayette County, right here in, in Pittsburgh. And it's just like, there's so much rich history that has, in this area, that really took part in shaping the entire world uh, multiple times. And it's really cool to be able to, to share those experiences with people and get involved. And, and it also allowed me to do something that I had been really wanting to do in the past, but I never had time to do. And that was create more like documentary styled uh, videos or, or stories. I'm a storyteller. That's what I do best. Um, and I'm able to do that with PGH museums in a creative way. And it, it's allowed me to put out like i guess like i there was a, a part of me that loved what i was doing with the live broadcast but then there was also a part of me that wanted me to, that wanted to do like higher end bbc npr type stuff and this has allowed me to have that chance to do those kind of storytelling pieces so what you did you envisioned this type of future and you created a platform to carry your passion yes that is what I did. Well, and quite often on this show, we've talked about the Japanese concept of ikigai many times. Iki meaning life, gai meaning purpose, life, purpose. And generally, it's a Venn diagram consisting of the outside of four concentric circles of things that I'm passionate about, things I'm good at, 
things people want, and things I can get paid for. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you're following that type of flow. Well, I'm not getting paid yet. <laughs> if you become a member and help support us, maybe one day. Well, we'll certainly <laughs> uh, we'll certainly provide a link as yeah. uh, you were kind enough to invite me and my daughter to your uh, launch affair, which was which was very nice. So, but people out there generally sit and wish and hope and wait for something to happen. However, you've taken this these concept. Good ideas stay between your ears, Brian. That's mm. where good ideas stay. So how do the good ideas get from here uh, to here and grow legs and move? Uh, well, you have to do it. And you also, sometimes it helps if you're like desperate to be doing something, which I often am. I can't, I can't sit at home and I, I have no interest in video games uh, and, and things like that. It's just, it, it bores me to death. So yeah, I just have to be doing something and, uh, in, in, I don't know. I always enjoy getting involved in making a difference and trying to, I don't know. Making a difference. Yeah. So in the 12-step world, what we often wish people is the gift of desperation. Oh, really? So <laughs> well, I'm always desperate to do something. <laughs> so. Well, have you ever considered desperation to be a gift, Brian? Uh, yes, in some ways, actually. Um, part of me, you know, one of the things that really drove me in my uh, last project was uh, very, I had, a, I had a desperation to not retire from my job and uh, and do something that I thought mattered to me professionally. Um, so there, there's still a sense of that that's going on. I would love, you know, to either do PGH museums full time or, you know, make it lead, you know, allow it to lead me to a profession uh, somewhere doing something that I am passionate about. So uh, I, keep yeah, that, hearing, I keep hearing the word passion from you. Mm -hmm. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to. Everyone talks about like, oh, you you make decent money where you work, and I'm like, I do, but like, life is more than than money, you know. So yeah, you need to be able to pay your bills, obviously, and you need to be able to survive. And it's good if you can enjoy life as well if you have enough money and. Uh, in resources through vacation time and, and stuff like that. But you spend a considerable amount of time at work, and I don't know, I think I would rather do something that I find valuable with all of that time. And also, like, I think, like, I put together these videos. They're nice, but I put out a few a year. Imagine if I could do that full time and what I would be able to put out per year, and not only in quality, better quality, because I'd have more time to focus on it, but also just more time to actually get more done. And I keep hearing the word time from you also. Yeah. So who's one of your heroes in your, in this world or in another Ugh. world? Who's a hero? Well, honestly, Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci. Okay, I can understand that, absolutely. So what makes Dr. Fauci a hero to you, Brian? Not his degree, even though that's obviously very impressive. What makes Dr. Fauci a hero to me is the amount of harassment and the, uh, honestly, the attempts to humiliate him by the former president of the United States and the fact that this guy had been in this position. He had won uh, the, the Presidential Medal of Honor from George W. Bush, a Republican. So he's somebody who was respected by both Republicans and Democrats, and the amount of disrespect he had received... I don't think I would have been able to put up with it. I probably would have said I'm done. He dealt with it 
and dealt with so much disrespect despite his degree and his background and everything else. And he did it, in my opinion, because lives were on the line and he did it to save people's lives. And I don't think anybody would have blamed him for turning in his time card. Not that he clocks in and out, but you know, turning in his time card and, and walking out. I, I think that would be a horrible working environment for anybody to have your your wealth and your lifetime of knowledge completely disrespected by a con artist businessman um, when you're you're trying to save lives. And I think he did save a ton of lives by staying involved. And I, you could just see him in the background. Trump would be saying something that was just completely false with no scientific evidence whatsoever and Fauci would be doing like one of these in the background and just that little bit even though he couldn't say much just that little bit sent a message to people to let them know uh, what's real and what's not and and I just I do I think we would be as bad as it's been with this pandemic and as many P Americans that died I think a lot more would have died if he didn't have the uh, the courage and the dignity and um, just uh, I, I think he's a hero I think he's a national hero and I just think he didn't need to do it. He probably yeah. made enough money. He was in a high government position for how many years? He probably didn't need the money. I think he did it because he wanted to save lives. So you're talking about his singleness of purpose. Yeah. Okay. And so naturally he's a man of uh, integrity and honor. He knows the difference between right and wrong. Mm -hmm. He has a moral compass. He's dependable. He's, he's honest and he treats people with courtesy and respect. So how many hours a day does Dr. Fauci have? Hmm. Uh, 24 hours a day. How many hours a day does Brian Crawford have? Or Jim Ellermeyer? 24 hours a day. Correct. So could you help me understand how Dr. Fauci gets so much done in 24 hours? I have the same amount of time, and I don't think I've accomplished anywhere even within rocket range of what he's done. I don't know. Maybe you got Adderall. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's been helping me. <laughs> but what I'm saying is it's how, it's how people choose to use their time, Brian. Yeah. When we have people use their time and spend it as if it was currency because it's the most valuable asset that people have. Do you think, and quite often in business, we business has a concept called ROI, return on investment. So let's say you're your wage-paying job, what return on your investment in that job are you getting? That's besides the financial. Besides financial, I mean, there's nothing mentally stimulating about my job, but the one thing I will say that's, well, the two things I'll say that are rewarding about it in a way, it's not so much the job itself, but uh, one, there's no stress whatsoever at that job. So once I leave, I don't take work home with me um, I, there's no stress and I can then focus my mental energy on things that I find more important. The other thing that I, that is good about it, and you might look at me and say I'm crazy, but I work overnight. And the reason why that's an asset is the projects that I'm doing, all of those people operate from nine to five, including museum hours, museum hours. It's weird. Museums are, you know, I love museums. So I'm not, not hating, but museums are not designed for people who actually work <laughs> to go to uh, in a lot of cases. They're open like nine to five when the majority of people are at work. But with me working overnight, I can get into those spaces and I have 
some flexibility where I can either do things in the morning or do things in the evening. And that allows me a lot of opportunity to do the things that I want to do. So that's the one asset. And, and people have told me, why don't you get a different job? And I said, well, if I'm, it's going to be another job I'm not that passionate about because it's not what I want to do in life. And I'm going to have more stress and I'm going to have less flexibility. That just doesn't seem like that adds up and I'll end up making less money. So it doesn't really make, you know, add up to me to start over somewhere else. Well, let's talk about the return on the investment that you're putting into Pittsburgh museums. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of return um, for me. Uh, it gives me an outlet, which is important to me. Um, also, I think one thing that it does really well versus my old show, my old show was kind of a variety talk show, which does really well on the dial, but I don't think it does as well online because people are looking for specifics online. They're not looking for general um, and I'm not interested in talking about national politics and things like that. It's just never been something I want to talk about. So um, with PGH Museums, I have more of that laser focus where, okay, this is a Pittsburgh thing or an Indiana County because we stretch all over Western PA. But there's specific landmarks that people who either live here now or used to live here, they get excited to see uh, what's going on. And then it sparks conversations and people have sent me pictures of like, their family doing things there, you know, th all, all sorts of cool things uh, that you get to see and you get to spark conversations. So uh, it gives you that focus that will, I think, allow you to get a larger um, audience that, and, and it's not about numbers in terms of like typical ratings to me. I mean, yes, that will help whenever you're looking for sponsors and things like that. But for me, it's, it's um, as an artist, I want people to enjoy my work. So the more people that see it, it, it it's more that brings value to me. There well. you go. The return on the investment that you're putting into something. Quite often, I'll ask people, I'll say, what's the return on the investment that you're putting in this, let's say, a relationship? Mm -hmm. Okay. And I tell people that when you're not getting the proper return out of the investment that you're putting into something, you have to take a look at it. And sometimes I'll have to ask people, how long do you want to try to grow daisies in a sandbox? So what else you return the value, the friendships that you're getting, the, the personal pride, the passion, what do you, what do you, what is the return that you're getting? I know, I know you work hard on this and I know you, you put a lot of your time and effort into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. Um, for me, it's weird. My, workflow depends on really energy. Um, so now that things are starting to open up, it's it's weird. As I'll get busier, I'll actually get more invested in the project because I get excited and, and into it. There we so, go. Excitement. You get yeah. some excitement out of it. So you, you're talking about exploring and helping people uh, get connected maybe with their pest or things that they're passionate about. So you feel that you're contributing? Oh, big time. Uh, there's no other organization out there like us. There's one other large-scale directory out there with PA museums, but it's not as easy to navigate as ours. And they've they've said that as well. So I'm not they've told me that, but they're they're reaching a different audience. They are PA museums is museum to museum resources. They're not museum to the public, which is what we are. So we're really the only large-scale directory that exists of our kind that is marketed towards someone who's who's just like like someone like you if you're interested to go to a museum you wouldn't go to pa museum's website you would more likely go to pgh museum's website so our news is more 
exhibits that are happening, things that people want to see. Their news is, tends to be more, these are things that are happening within the museum organization, um, which is very valuable. We're actually a, um, a member of PA Museums. PGH Museums is a member of PA Museums. So we, have, we see a lot of value in what they're doing. But we just are doing two different things, um, and both very important things. But, uh, but yeah, we're the only wide-scale di directory that's in this region. And I, I just think it's a great asset for these smaller museums too. I I look at some of like, you know, the museums and in, in their web presence and they don't have like always the resources. So I'm happy that we can provide those resources and help lift the whole community you up. You feel part of that community. I will more and more as things open up. I'm, I'm a very much, see, it, it's hard for me right now with the pandemic because I am not, an administrator in this in that sense i am i'm a hands-on drive to the place have a conversation yes, yes. that's how i am i'm, I'm a much more yes. personal person so, so part of do you feel appreciated by those folks that and i just like talking to people and learning things and i don't do that behind an email so do i feel like i'm a part of that community now not as much as i did before the pandemic started but i know i will again once i get that you know you know sure. i feel like i feel like we're a part of it we're we're doing a lot but i feel like i personally will feel like i'm a like a bigger player in the museum world whenever i can go out and meet people like i'm, I'm the type where i'll just drive to a museum in a different county go in introduce myself to the people who were there um and then that's how I, I connect and meet people. Well, it sounds like you're not only getting knowledge, you're getting per personal satisfaction. Uh, you believe that you're providing a, a public service, and it's something that you're passionate about. Most people aren't passionate about their jobs, Brian. It's a means to an end. Mm -hmm. It's always a pleasure to explore intriguing concepts with our guest, Brian Crawford. And, however... We offer a free prescription at the end of every podcast. Fruits, nuts, and vegetables, and unplug your television, and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. And do a kindness for yourself. Do a kindness for another. Forgive yourself and forgive another. Till all are free, none are free. Namaste, my friends. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com. Com, where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of fishing without bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.